0: Hello and welcome back to the Fossil Free SOAS Divestment Digest, coming at you from SOAS Radio in London. On this show, we'll be hearing from representatives from the fossil free campaigns at UCL and King's College. But first, a quick campaign update from Rob. In light of the recent delay on the fossil fuel divestment decision at SOAS, it is more important now than ever that the campaign continues to build momentum. Next Monday, 10th November at 2pm, the Fossil Free SOAS campaign will be delivering more than 1,000 staff and student signatures in favour of divestment to the college. We need your help to make this happen. Find the event on Facebook or see us on the day. Either way, a campaign win for fossil fuel divestment is entirely in your hands. If you want to find out more information about the fossil fuel divestment movement, the campaign will be doing a screening of the climate activism film Do the Math in the JCR on Tuesday, the 11th November at 7pm. And now, on to today's show. Today I'm joined in the studio by... Mark Horowitz from the King's College Fossil Free Campaign. And I'm also joined by...
1: Beth Parking from the UCL Fossil Free Campaign.
0: How are you both today? Good.
1: Yeah, I'm Fantastic.
0: First of all, uh, for you, Beth, I'd like to know a bit more about what role you play in your campaign and how UCL is connected to the fossil fuel industry.
1: I've been involved in the campaign for about four months, four or five months now. The campaign started about 18 months ago and obviously we're campaigning to try and get UCL to divest from fossil fuels. UCL currently has 21 million worth of investments in companies such as Shell, BP and BHP Billiton and we're you know, calling on UCL to move these shares away from um, these companies.
0: Mark, what role do you play in your campaign at King's College and how are King's College connected to the fossil fuel industry? The campaign at King's uh, started about 12 months ago.
2: I started it with a friend of mine called Titus Murphy. We started it after reading an article in The Guardian by Bill McKibben talking about the divestment campaign in America. King's College at the moment, while doing lots of things to become a more sustainable university, also invests at least £8.1 million through different funds in companies like BP and Shell as at UCL and we are at the moment asking them to uh, sell their shares in those companies and and reinvest in in less destructive industries.
0: There seems to be a common theme there of uh, universities investing particularly in BP and Shell and also BHP Billington. Same here for SOAS. Moving on to the next question, what stage is your campaign at? We've got a lot of support from
2: students and staff so we have about 1,200 signatures in our petition now. It's been very um, galvanising to see how enthusiastic students are about the campaign. We have just recently approached the administration and put forward our petition and our, uh, our report outlining arguments why they should divest from fossil fuels. Um, we had a very interesting meeting um, now a couple of weeks ago with one of the vice principals of the university, a man actually who had the majority of his career spent at, at BP. We were told that Kingswood not divest from fossil fuel companies, but we have an ongoing dialogue with them now and we've just had a principles debate promised to us. So I think the university is at the point of considering the idea, although they seem
0: uh, unwilling at the moment to to pursue it. Beth, um, what stage is the campaign at UCL at?
1: Yeah, so as I said before, um, our campaign has been running for about 18 months. The first kind of six to nine months involved kind of a lot of groundwork. So we were going through UCL's investment portfolios and identifying the companies and the shares that we wish UCL to reconsider. We identified 17 companies. Um, We then had discussions with UCL Council and UCL Ethical Investment Review Committee and we're kind of eagerly awaiting their response to the review of these 17 companies that we have been told might take a bit of time. I guess in the meantime we're building student and staff support and yep, we're also lobbying members of the council to kind of clearly explain the current contradictions in UCL's investment portfolios.
0: Amazing, so you're taking quite a similar approach to us at SOAS and Terms of sort of negotiating with the sort of management of the college and university about these companies, though it sounds like you're invested in a lot more companies than many universities around the UK. Is fossil fuel divestment just an environmental issue or is it linked to anything else? Mark, would you like to answer that question?
2: I sort of, um, I'll stake my, my middle ground here. I don't consider myself to be an anti capitalist. There are companies that can produce profit while not causing damage to the environment or to people, that I'm very impressed. Essentially, I I think the problem comes here is when there's a conflict between environmental and social damage and and making money. So I think that there there is certainly there is certainly anti-capitalist edges to this sort of campaign. I think there is people are identifying that there is a conflict between I guess unfettered neoliberal capitalism and environmentalism. But I'm probably a uh, moderate in that sense. That if if there were if there was a middle ground. That, that led to the prevented environmental social destruction but also allowed businesses to make money, then I'd be happy to trade that.
0: And Beth, um, h- how do you feel about this issue?
1: I guess divestment helps, you know, obviously to starve fossil fuel companies of financial investments. But at the same time, it also kind of indicates a moral shift in the social legitimacy that we give to companies. And what we're getting um, our institutions basically to say on our behalf is that it's kind of, it's not okay for you to destroy the world for a profit margin and get off scot-free and we're not going to fund and profit from you doing that climate change is going to affect the planet's most vulnerable people. One of the guiding principles of UCL's investment policy is um, that it will not hold investments that conflict the aims and activities of UCL. So UCL has lots of leading research in global health and Um, And also in climate change and sustainability. And so holding investments in fossil fuel industries is extremely contradictory for it. Within the mandate, it currently doesn't invest in tobacco industries because that contradicts UCL's research into cancer. So it's the same kind of contradictory goals.
0: Why is it important that fossil free groups across London work in coordination and solidarity?
2: Because you've got to sleep sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> um and I think I think, um, I think we get a lot of energy from each other. Um, I, I think we get a lot of ideas from each other. I, I kind of think of our campaign and, and campaigns around the country and the world as kind of open source everyone has everyone comes with an idea and then they share it and people modify it and um, I think we couldn't have done everything we've done if we started off fresh with a blank page, so we definitely uh, we definitely benefit from um, interacting with other groups.
1: I guess all the campaigns are part of a wider movement and we're, you know, all dominoes, hopefully in the tower that's holding up uh, the fossil fuel industry. So, yeah, and that's why kind of a win for SOAS would be really good for um, the other university campaigns because it kind of doesn't, give UCL an excuse to say no when we say, look, this has been done in other universities, you've got no excuse.
0: And Mark, I know you've mentioned before, that you have a very interesting story connected to how you got involved in divestment <clears throat> campaigning. Would you like to enlighten us?
2: I've probably never, ever been to a protest or a rally, maybe once or twice in my whole life about 12 months ago. And I would have said if I was asked, was I a committed environmentalist, And the answer would have been no. I did, I did the things that I thought that I could do to to cut my carbon footprint. So I, I bike-rided everywhere. I ate very little meat. I I thought lentils were a fantastic addition to any meal. And at the same time, I had held shares in BP, in BHP, in Rio Tinto, and in a number of Australian miners during that period of time. And I'd always felt there was a, a tension between those two ideas. When I read about this campaign in The Guardian, I... I thought it was a great idea. I understood the rationale behind it about people aligning their values with their actions. I was enthusiastic about it, as was my friend. And I said we should do this. Except, I've got to tell you something first. What I kind of realised was that my cognitive dissonance in this was actually widespread. Although, although many people proclaimed they wanted to live in a sustainable world and contribute to that, they were also doing things with their money that were that were kind counter, of to that, and so. I divested my shares in the top 200 um, dirtiest companies and donated the money to
0: our campaign. And what about you, Beth?
1: I started feeling like all this individual change is really, really important, but maybe what we need is also system change. So, and that's what attracted me to this campaign so much because, you know, UCL has to do their bit as well as instilling all these good values in their staff and students and employees. We need UCL to kind of lead by example. If
0: uh, listeners who are at other campuses right now across London are thinking, this is, sounds all amazing, but I don't really know how to go about setting up a campaign on my campus. What advice do you have for them? How how easy is it? How do they do it? Mark, do you want to answer that first? Sure. So 12 months ago,
2: I had no idea what being an activist meant. I thought that might be a type of gymnastics. People on Planet have been excellent in supporting the campaign and, and throughout the UK. There's lots of resources online. It basically comes down to finding a small group of like-minded people, setting up an online petition and working out how to start to understand what your university invests in. And most universities have had freedom of information requests made for them by People and Planet. We started with an Excel spreadsheet and from that we've developed a campaign that has involved hundreds of students
0: so we're really encouraging new groups that are forming across the capital at the moment to come to our people and planet regional gathering uh being hosted here at soas on friday the 28th of november and saturday the 29th of november and on the saturday evening we'll be having a joint climate ceilidh so all the fossil fuel (laughs) divestment activists will be there dancing down
1: and with our bubble seats on
0: I'd just like to thank my guests, uh, Mark Horowitz from King's College Fossil Free and Beth Parkin from UCL Fossil Free for joining me today. And um, just to say that um, I'm really looking forward to some joint work between the fossil free campaigns in the future. And hopefully there are going to be some bright things, especially here at SOAS in the new year for fossil fuel divestment. Thank you for listening. In the next episode of the Divestment Digest, we talk to the renowned climate activist and journalist, Bill McKibben. Thank you for listening. Over and out.